Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Raptor Queens podcast, the first ever all-woman podcast covering the Toronto Raptors. My name is Sarah Khalil, and I'm here with my other queen of the North, Allison Hope. Hi, Allison. Hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. And it wouldn't be normal if I didn't give a tiny little weather update, being as that we're now in November. So I was walking in a t-shirt last week, well, and pants. Today, down jacket, hood, um, hat and gloves. So the weather's turned, but that on the bright side, that means that the NBA season is here. That is right. It is the NBA season and it is our fifth season of coverage. It's been, we haven't recorded for months now. We took the off season off and now it's our first episode recording for this season, season five. So I just want to start off by acknowledging Allison. That's a really big milestone starting season five. So congratulations for sticking with it. I'm so glad we did. Um, to all of our listeners, we have an exciting new development that we will tell you about. We'll get to it in a moment. Um, but first, I want to just take a chance to welcome back all of our returning listeners and welcome for the first time any new listeners that may be joining us. We're very glad you're here. We are a family-friendly podcast, ad-free, and we generally talk Raptors basketball and talk trash about James Harden, but it's not our fault. It makes it easy. This is just how it is. Um, And of course, we need to talk about the Raptors' first week of basketball. A lot has happened, including Nick Nurse returning to Toronto with his new Philadelphia team. That's weird, not going to lie. We'll get to that. Um, But really, it's our first look at this team, which in a lot of ways is the same as last year, but is different in three really key ways. Of course, Fred Van Vliet is not here anymore. Our new point guard is Dennis Schroeder. We'll spend some time talking about him. And of course, our new coach, Darko. And um, he's emphasizing a different type of offense. He's emphasizing different things on defense. And so, you know, we are watching new systems come into play for the Raptors. Summarizing the season so far, we're five games in. The Raptors somehow, surprisingly, just finished a total blowout game against the Bucks, which nobody saw coming, and now have a 2-3 record. We'll get into some deep game analysis, and we're going to start with the Philadelphia game and Nick Nurse's return. There's a specific reason why that's the case. Allison, would you like to share why we're going to start with that game? Because... Uh, we were fortunate enough to request and be granted uh, media passes for the game. So we were credentialed for the game on Saturday versus Philly. And um, listeners should keep in mind that Sarah and I had never met in person before. So I drove to Toronto for, for me, usually it's about a two and a half hour drive, but traffic was absolutely horrendous. So I got there and Sarah had messaged me and said, call me when you get here, we'll meet up somewhere. And I thought, uh, I just want to walk around for a few minutes and catch the vibe. So I'm walking around in front of, um, what do they call it? Where the statues are and literally in front of ACC on, or Scotiabank Arena on Bremner Boulevard. And I'm a notorious non-people watcher, but I just happened to glance to my right. I'm like, Sarah? (laughs) So there's my co-host, Sarah, who I've never met before. So we met up then and uh, we had early access to Scotiabank, which was lovely. So both being from out of town we had to buy a couple of uh items of raptor swag and uh we went for the um uh coaches pregame comments both uh darko rayakovich and nick nurse 
And um, I guess we'll kind of start with with Nick Nurse's comments. Is that where we're going now? We can, but hold on a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it was just very fun. I'll just uh, let everyone know. It was very cool to be able to be in the uh, in the pressers with the coaches pregame and also just um, – you know, just being around and surrounded by media, including people who have been on our podcast before. So Paul Jones was there. He's been on our guest. He's been one of our guests before. And he's just so great to um, have super classy. Got to see him in person. Samson Folk, one of our basketball analysts, who's also guested on this pod. He was there in the media room. So we got to meet him in person. And just generally, there were a lot of like people who have supported our podcast for the last five years who were there that we got to meet and then new people on the Raptors communications team who we were introduced to and who were very welcoming to us. And we just want to say a big shout out to everyone who um, has supported us and did support us on Saturday when we were there. Uh, It was a really unique experience and thank you. Yeah, the Raptors, the uh, media relations team was outstanding. And I, I just have to tell the quick anecdote about meeting um, the, uh, the team member at uh, the security entrance. So uh, we, we got our credentials and um, we had asked the young lady uh, where Paul Jones sits. And she gave us this really um, odd look. And I, I think one of us had commented that, oh, he's been on our podcast. She, and she said, oh, that's my dad. So it was the coolest thing. Uh, that, so that was Justine Jones. And then we were fortunate enough to meet uh, Jennifer Quinn, who is the director of media relations. And she sought us out and uh, gave us a welcome and asked if we needed anything. So it was uh, it was an excellent experience all the way around. Although I did compare it a little bit to being like Costco, just overwhelming the whole game ops the the labyrinth behind in scotia bank like it, it, there was a lot going on but what a great experience and i i hope to do this again next year like for us to do it you know once a year sarah i think that would be great yeah it would it would be very good maybe next year i won't freak out when i see the players so it turns out to all the listeners that this may be a surprise i'm not necessarily a shy person in my life but when i saw og i just averted my eyes and looked down and hope that he wouldn't even look at me i was freaking out uh so it turns out that i fangirl and i fangirl by hiding so that was a fun uh, realization about me <laughs> And then we were lucky enough to be outside the dressing room door when the players came out. And my first thought was be cool, be cool. And don't make eye contact. And so I think we had probably the same MO there. Yeah. I think I hid my face in the wall, but that's fine. (laughs) fine. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be okay. We made it and it's all good. Um, No, it was a good time. Uh, uh, So let's talk about Nick nurse for a second. Cause we were in the room when he walked in for his presser and he came and he sat down and there's that awkward moment of silence before the questions started. Did you notice it was kind of like running into an X for the first time and you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, Hey, and then first question he got asked was, you know, is it weird? Is it weird to be back? He said, weird is a good word. <laughs> and uh, that kind of kickstarted the rest of the questions. I, I wondered at the time, it, it was very well attended. Um, it's not an exaggeration to say in that small room, medium-sized room, it was literally standing room only. And all of the Raptors media people were there. Uh, Matt Devlin, Alvin um, Williams, uh, primarily uh, Eric Kareen, um, Michael Grange, Eric Smith. 
So Nick was quite gracious and he started out by saying it was nice to be back and he uh, had gone out and walked around and sort of repeated what a great city it was. He did um, acknowledge that there were the familiar faces from the media that he dealt with for all those years, even at one point asked Eric Kareen uh, by name how he was doing. He, he did comment that he thought the time was right for both parties um, to part ways. Um, and he said he would have been happy either way and that maybe if things had gone a little bit differently down the stretch, uh, maybe the outcome would have been different. Um, he certainly didn't mention Maasai by name, not that I would have expected him to. Um, he, he seemed at peace, uh, despite the fact there was a lot of turmoil going on at that time with James Harden. Um, you know, that's since been resolved, but um, he seemed quite happy uh, you know, having made the move, um, I, I just, I think he he got put in an unenviable position. Certainly as a coach, there's no um, asterisk by your record for two years when you don't have a functional center and you're, you're having to make do with Aaron Baines and Alex Len and an undersized five. Um, so I don't think he wanted to wait until Masai and Bobby took the time and addressed that need. And, you know, it probably was time. I just, he was put in sort of in an untenable position. And certainly, I, I don't know if they showed the tribute to the fans at home. I hope they did. Uh, but he certainly got nothing but cheers from the fans, as you would expect from the coach that literally brought us our first and only championship so far. So I, I think it was pretty nice. He was well-received. I wouldn't have expected anything different. Yeah. I, I, my personal experience seeing, seeing him and just um, listening to his answers or that I, I, I really already miss Nick nurse. Like I, I, I like him as a coach. I think his coaching philosophies are so sound and um, you know, he's just very skilled at that job. So um, which is not, that's not commentary about Darko. That's strictly how I feel about Nick nurse. Um, happy to give Darko a chance to see how everything goes. I mean, we already have seen some differences uh, in his approach for coaching this year. Um, so uh, I think we should get into that, Allison. Let's talk big picture about the first few games of this season um, and look generally at trends. Or if you want, you can dive right in if you've got stats you want to go over as well. But uh, trends, what have you noticed? Well, I made some notes this afternoon, but I will point out that that was before tonight's game. But I think everyone can agree that it has been ugly so far. Uh, and up until tonight, we were losing essentially in every statistical category. Uh, very inconsistent three-point shooting. We shot 53% against Philly and 14% against Portland. Um our free throw percentage is the third worst in the league. We're shooting 69% from the line. And this is baffling to me. Gary Trent Jr. is shooting 36% from the free throw line. Now, getting to the line has never been a huge part of his game. But if he's our sharpshooter and he's shooting 36% from free throw line, that's that's not tenable. Um we're 13th in the league in offensive rebounds, 10th in the league in defensive. But in these, um, the first four games, they've been out rebounded in three of those four games. Um, maybe opposing teams are are 
prioritizing offensive rebounds given our uh given our uh, ability to run out with the ball it's hard to say um we're 16th in the league in blocks per game and out of that uh, scotty barnes has two and a half blocks a game himself so minus scotty uh, we'd be very low in blocks per game uh, we're 23rd in steals. It, it, granted, we're playing a more conservative defensive scheme this year, but you think with all the length we have on the wings, we might be a little bit higher in, in steals than at 23rd. Uh, we're, uh, hmm, what did I, I can't read my own writing. Okay, so we're 24th in the league in scoring chances per game, and we're averaging three and a half less scoring chances than the 23 teams above us so two points per shot that's six points more than six points we're leaving on the board um we have no raptors in the top 10 in deflections in loose balls recovered screen assists box outs charges drawn um numerous hustle stat categories that we don't have one single person in the top 10. Uh, we're struggling to establish a leader here on this team. I think it's fair to say that Scotty and Pascal are the most skilled players, but they haven't really shown that they can lead a team over well, clearly a season because we haven't played that long yet. And I mean, I will say that the leader isn't always the most skilled person on a team and we all remember Kyle Lowry's leadership and it's also fair to say he was probably never the most skilled player on the team. And it isn't always the point guard looking at Jason Tatum and Giannis. So I'm sure a leader is going to emerge, but the, it just seems like they're in a bit of a state of flux right now. Um, Very depressing stats. Please tell me that we're number one in offense. (laughs) Tonight we were. Um, Fortunately we were last, last Um, I think backup point guard's a problem. Um, Malachi Flynn's having difficulty initiating the offensive sets. Um, A lot of late shot clock initiation. And I watched him, I I honestly can't remember what game, but there was mild pressure on the ball when he was bringing it up the court. And he didn't get it up over half court. Uh, There were 15 seconds left in the shot clock. So... Jalen McDaniels has been, uh, he hasn't really shown us much yet. Um, I think there were fairly high hopes for him, but this is, again, a very small sample size. Um, I'm concerned about Gary Trent. Um, This is a contract year for him, and he's got a career low in field goal percentage. Um, What else? Um, I feel like you're just reading things that are just like, it's just such a sad, sad list. I know you're just telling me facts. But this is just sad. It does. It gets a little bit better, though. So okay, uh, let's, let's I, turn it around for our listeners. Okay. Uh, so I said, you know, and I did comment on this on Twitter today. I refuse to call it X. We need to have at least 20 games to properly assess this team. Um, I've already heard people saying, is it time to talk about Darko? <laughs> what? <laughs> No. So um... I just want to jump in on that because here's here's one of the challenges that Darko faces is that this team is essentially the same team as last year, except for Schroeder in terms of your rotation. Right. And so they have and and 
last year's team was basically the same as the year before. So we've got a few years of practice doing Nick Nurse schemes. Right. Now we've got to unlearn or not fall into the habits that have been practiced for two years and try to implement dark code schemes. So I do think there's that is a, a thing that needs to be dealt with. And we've seen it in some of the games where like, you know, not starting the offensive set until 14 seconds left on the shot clock is a remnant of last year and the opposite of the system that Darko is trying to implement. So I do think we're going to see some bad habits um, in the first part of this season that have to be worked out. Well, exactly. And you one gets into a work style and the foundational players, even going back to Pirtle's time under um, Nick Nurse as a coach uh, and as an assistant, uh, Pascal, uh, OG, those players were foundational from uh, from Nick Nurse's years. So they learned and they were young players then they learned his style of play so it takes a long time to change habits it's a process of learning and adaptation and application and this isn't going to happen in five games so i think you know everyone you know pulling the, the the parachute you know you know like we need to make trades and we need to do this and that i i it just it's way too early you can't properly evaluate right well so, um yeah, I mean, to the to the players' credit, they seem to have at least, you know, what they've expressed is that they're bought into trying out something new. So credit to the players for trying that. We may find that the best thing to do is make up, make some trades and shake up the team um, for exactly for other reasons or for the reason that I just said, which is that some habits might be really ingrained. And we might actually need different players to come in to work a system that Darko wants to, you know, work. So we'll see. Um, I, I still think we have a pretty mm, great top three with OG, Scotty, and Pascal. Um, but let's see. Anyway, keep going. You but had certainly, we're not making a, a trade like similar oh. to what the Clippers did five games into the season. But <laughs> um, got a, I got like a whole a whole theme song for later for that conversation. <laughs> but anyway, excellent. Going. Um, so I just want to say what I'm seeing that's great is Dennis Schroeder's very nice pick and roll game with with Jakob Pertl. That is just an absolute thing of beauty. And today they ran the pick and roll and instead of hitting a roller, he's, uh, Schroeder just kind of did a pick and pop and he stepped back and took a little short mid ranger. It was just a thing of beauty. He's got super impressive burst to the rim and really nice like extension to, to reach over to get to the rim. He has left a few balls there, but um, overall super impressed with him and he's tenacious on defense. Speaking of defense, Scotty's had a market improvement on defense, on his uh, on-ball defense, and on his positional defense. And I do notice that teams are not hunting him this year like they did last year. Um, Pascal's D, also, he's just working his butt off. Even the games where uh, he, uh, which game was it? Was it the Philly game? or uh, the game that he only took eight shots. Um, regardless, his defense was on point. And Chris Boucher just fighting over screens, working his butt off too, just excellent work habits. So I just kind of noted in summary, not hitting the panic button, um, but that trailblazers game was super ugly. 
but then seeing this game tonight, and I think inconsistency is a hallmark of a young team. So, um, yeah, it's early. So what happened tonight? Why did tonight work? Because Uh, nobody saw it coming. So what happened? Was it an absolute breakdown on uh, the Bucks side? Did they maybe just... hmm. Because they thought it's the Raptors. <laughs> what do you think? Well, Jack Armstrong put some very good context on that. He said that Milwaukee is worst in the league at allowing opponents uh, three-point shots. So that's very interesting. They're definitely an older team, and they've definitely lost a step defensively without Drew Holiday. Um, sure, Dame is um, sexy, like he's a flashy uh, trade acquisition, but I think in the and long run... Clutch. Don't forget, Dame is clutch. Keep going. Uh, but defense wins games in the playoffs. Clutch wins games too. Anyway, <laughs> I well, I will have to see. So um, Milwaukee looked like they weren't engaged in the game tonight. And I suspect Milwaukee fans would say their team played awful, like similar to what we said against Portland. Our team played awful. So the ball moved with confidence tonight. Um, the Raptors looked entirely bought into the philosophy. And it was really nice to see they played loose and when you get buy-in and it works, that's uh, like uh, reinforcing behavior, right? That's that's a nice thing to see. Dopamine hit. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the threes were dropping. They hit something ridiculous. Like was it fifty-two percent from the field? I don't know what they were for three, but that was it. Was beautiful. Schroeder had I think six assists in the first quarter, and he went on to get a double double. Scotty with a three ball, his three point shooting has improved immensely. And I, I don't know um, who made the comment, Matt or Jack, or maybe they were talking about someone else that there was discussion about Scotty being MIP this year. So it, it just reminds me when you look at a city street sign and there's one sign pointing for an intersection, there's Scotty, you know, in the conversation for most improved player already having been rookie of the year, man, that's a positive sign. Like that's, you know, well, if it comes to pass. Let's, let's talk about Scotty for a second, because I, I don't think you can talk about, you know, signs of hope without talking about Scotty Barnes. Um, so he's right now leading the team with 20.8 um, points per game, 9.5 rebounds a game and 2.5 blocks per game. And I think it's safe to say that the, the, the step up that fans have been hoping to see from him is happening um on on the court we are seeing we are seeing scotty unleashed what we wanted to see the last the last season and didn't really get an opportunity to see um with uh with this improvement i mean one one way if you want to predict the raptor season i think it largely comes down to how good will scotty play i think i think the team ride ride or die with scotty he's certainly been impressive his decisiveness and his aggression and when he went at Giannis tonight that was that was pretty impressive um you know he's not afraid to put up the three he he shoots without hesitation um and those outlet passes that's just a thing of beauty like he's in a very good spot right now Will this continue all year? Well, that would certainly be nice. And uh, he would be knocking on all-star door, I think, if that was the case. Um, he's an exceptional player. Now we can see what 
Messiah and Bobby saw in him. Like if yeah. if he can continue this, uh, this bodes very well for the future. Okay, I'm going to stir a pot, but probably not stir a pot at all, because I think a lot of people have talked about it. Do you think that Scotty's improvement has anything to do with Fred Van Vliet's departure? Oh, that's a good question. And before we go any further, remember when we were talking in the summer, I said I was going to do a little via culpa. Because remember last year we talked about, you know, things looked uncomfortable with the team. And I was like blithely going along saying, no, everything's fine. Well, it turns out that there were big problems. You know, and I think that was like the res still the residue of the championship. It's still carrying over. I think I was just under this um I think delusion's too strong of a, of a word, but everything had been so good for so long in Raptors land that how could something go wrong? And indeed it had. So it, it's hard to say. Scotty's certainly been diplomatic when asked that. I think he, journalists have asked in various- In a way of just not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, yeah. Not, like, he's not like eloquently smoothing things over. He's just not adding fuel to a fire. That's all, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, he's well, backing he's, away from the conversation. Yeah, like he's certainly diplomatic. Um, so I, I have, I, which I've already told people, but I, I do, I fundamentally, I mean, if you've listened to me last year, you're just going to hear me repeat myself now. But fundamentally, I think Scotty and Fred are two different players, like two different types of beings when it comes to basketball. Where Scotty is ease. And the game is very, very easy for him. And so he just goes and he plays it. And that's his style. And Fred is grind, grind, grind. So much hard work because that's what it took for him to get here as an undersized point guard in the league. And neither one is necessarily better than the other. But I think fundamentally they don't go together. And now Scotty is free from you need to work harder when actually his approach is, listen, it's not that I don't want to work hard, but you got to understand how easy the game is for me. So that's my whole theory that he's set free uh, and we're going to see some really cool things from him. And I also suspect that he will emerge as team leader, but to your earlier point, I think this will very naturally come to him. Um, and uh, of course there will be a maturing process because there always is, and he's so young still, but he will mature. Um, and I think that ease is going to actually flow through to the rest of the team. And we're going to see some unique, uh, something different over the course of this year. Um, so that's, that's my thought about how this is going to go. And um, yeah, let's, uh, let's see. Well, I, I think in retrospect, <laughs> you may have been right about that, but it's interesting I, I think there were comments that Fred had made about the young guys. Well, it's certainly interesting where he ended up because um, Houston is essentially a team of young guys and they're off to a little bit of a rough start. So I posit that it's going to be a very long year in Houston. But that is not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it certainly is not. No, I, I, I haven't seen any of the games, but I, I have heard that it's not going that well. And for, for Fred in particular is shooting um, struggles are still uh, unresolved. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of snooping on uh, Rockets Twitter. Uh, it, it, yeah, they're not happy, but they're not winning and they're a young team. I'm not sure how much they are going to expect to win this year, but uh, there's been some complaining already about the $42 million man. 
Well, I don't understand why anyone would have paid a fortune million. I'm sorry. That's just the wrong amount to pay. Well, apparently there's a, a minimum a team has to spend and Houston had to spend something to get above that minimum. Okay. And they wanted a vet. So. Okay. So they got it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, interesting. Okay. So we've got. Oh. Oh, yes, Sarah, yeah, and I, I just to put some of this struggle in context. B- before tonight's games, I looked at some of the records of teams that you would think would have had good starts, or where you know middle, uh, where you know better than average teams. Uh, Cleveland started has started one in three. Miami has started one in three, which may or may not be surprising given your um, your interpretation. Memphis zero and four. Uh, Phoenix two and two. And I was watching that game last night with um, San Antonio and Phoenix was up big at the half. And I was stunned this morning when I got up and saw that San Antonio had won that game. And, you know, at one point I watched KD put a shot up over Victor Wembanyama, like me. And when you can shoot over a seven, four guy, that's, that's epic. But so there's a lot of teams that have had rough starts, um, a lot of question marks and some really puzzling starts. So, I mean, we're not the only team. It's sort of how we respond after this. And it, it looked good tonight. Yes. And we will find out if tonight was a fluke or something else. <laughs> um, so generally, Allison, uh, tell me one thing you're optimistic about for this season and one thing you're pessimistic about. Oh, I probably should start with pessimism first. Your natural state, so I agree. Yes, yes, I'm in equilibrium. Um, So do you want the team-wide observation or player observation or just whatever? Either. So I'm worried um, about Gary Trent's shooting. This, um, you know, this, I saw him turn down an open shot tonight. I mean, it was a couple of steps behind the three-point line, but that was unlike him. He's... Uh, he's almost at a career low. If you throw out his first season in Portland, he is at a career low in field goal attempts. So, so you wonder if point out, uh, I am not a shot analysis by like an analyst by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's holding his breath a little bit when he's shooting, and that's what has it go wrong. Please continue. I but I wonder if there's an injury. Like this is just so unlike him. And tonight he was going to the rim. Like this is like who had him cutting to the rim and turning down open threes. Like that's just, that's odd. Um, That doesn't really, that's not really consistent with an injury, but it's just such a departure from his game. And I mean, like I said, this is a contract year. It's time to, as they say, fish or cut bait. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. And I'm concerned about uh, precious. Like, when we I saw am, him, I'm also concerned about Precious. Yes. Yeah. When we saw him at the end of his first year, he was hitting 50% from three in a, a sample size of about 30 games. He was explosive. He was great against Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Um, and this is two years in a row that he's had significant injuries to start the year. And this is just, you know, unfortunate for his development. Uh, there's so much potential there. And it, it it's sadly ironic that we have assigned a player. Um, I don't think he's on a two, uh, maybe he's on a two-way Justice Winslow. And that was a player who started out with Miami and he bounced around the league, but just so many injuries. He um, Injuries have cut short what was just a, a very great potential for him. So I certainly hope Precious isn't going down that path. Um, 
Let me think about optimism. I, I know I can find something, but I want to hear what you're pessimistic about. Okay. What I'm pessimistic about is I'm still incredibly pessimistic about our bench. And I still don't believe that the Raptors have gotten better as a team. And I think this is the second year in a row where they haven't gotten better relative to other teams in the conference who are getting better. So I am not pessimistic at this very moment that this roster has a better record. I am pessimistic. I am pessimistic that this roster um, has a worse record than last year. That's currently what I think is going to happen. So with that said, what is your thought on Grady Dick coming off the bench? Because certainly that was a nice thing on Saturday night against Philly. Four out of six from three. Right. So earlier, listeners, earlier you may have re- remember that I mentioned that basketball analyst Samson Folk was has been on our podcast before and we got to meet him in person and we were there when we were there. But I just have to bring him up right now because <laughs> he had this moment in the pregame presser where he said something along the lines of like so uh so Darko do you think that um you know given the way that Philadelphia plays defense and they don't really have a lot of guys who can run out to the um run out to the three-point line and punish outside shooters do you think he'll end up playing Grady Dick a lot more off the bench today for his outside shooting and then Darko just looks at him and says we'll see and then the outcome of the game is that Grady played significant minutes, scored from the outside, and had 16 points. So um, the, my number one thought when you asked that, Allison, is Samson Folk clearly knows his basketball. <laughs> he, he understands how to game plan and, and you know what's going to happen here. If anything, I think Darko was like, Samson, don't tell everyone my game plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, That was very prescient of Samson. It was, wasn't it? Or maybe he knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, we'll have to have it back so we can uh, have him break down the Raptors offense for us this year. Cause I think he'll have a lot to say. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, what was, a it's, well, it, listen, Grady Dick is, I think there's a lot to be said. That's great. But he's also like, he's so young. He's, he's just a little baby. But as has been pointed out, he does bring more than his shooting. He cuts well. He's actually a decent rebounder, not a bad passer. I I think it's fair to say that he is ahead of where I thought he might be at this point. That's fair. So have you moved into the optimism category? No, 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 no. I was just... You did comment about your pessimistic about the bench. But if we see in our bench production... mm, Against Philly, I'd have to go back and look, but it's it's not been that good, um, Grady aside. But if he starts throwing in 12, 14, 15 points a game, you know, that kind of changes things a little bit, right? And Jalen McDaniels, I think we're going to see more from him. So I, I think the bench is a work in progress. I hope so. Okay, optimism. What okay. do you got? Um, okay. I mean, it's the obvious one. I'm super optimistic about Scotty. Yeah. Um, I'm always optimistic, always about OG. And I didn't know this, like, I didn't know until I saw him in person, but he's for sure my favorite player on the team. And I will be heartbroken if he ever leaves. (laughs) Um, I, I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I think OG is my favorite, but now I'm like, no, he's for sure my favorite. Um, so those two, I'm very up on both of them. I think we need to do everything, everything, everything we can to keep OG. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are my my optimistic points. Well, Darko uh, commented tonight after the game, I didn't see the whole post game 
uh, I'll watch it in the morning. Uh, but he did go out of his way to comment that OG had played great defense on Giannis and held him to was 12, 18 points, which is extraordinary and just made his life really, really difficult. So um, credit where credit was due. As far as where I'm optimistic, I would have to agree, Scotty. You think I had comparisons to Magic Johnson in his rookie year. And coincidentally, Magic Johnson did not... Um, Oh, where was I going with that? Regardless, Scotty is just a gifted passer. There are a few passes. He's overly ambitious and he sees seams maybe where there aren't any or when they close. Like he, there were a few turnovers. Um, I can't remember which game, but yeah, I'm super optimistic about him. And that three point shot, man, if he can hit like 36, 37%, they're going to have to come out on him. Um, you know, they're going to have to address him and then he can just drive. So yeah. Um, man, Scotty all-star, that would be great. I see that. I see that for him. Like that, that will happen. Scotty will be an all-star. He's, he's just playing excellent. Okay. Um, we're going to change the subject. Uh, so we did our whole high level analysis and we're going to move on to our regular feature on our podcast. And for all of you new listeners, we'll let you know what it is. Uh, so we're going to start with our, king of the north segment where we're going to pick one person in the raptors organization can be player it can be coach it can be an executive doesn't matter just someone someone on the raptors organization that we would like to crown as the king of the north and um just yeah acknowledge their accolades we also have in the same segment a joker of the week and the joker of the week is something along the lines of someone either made you laugh or they were just like mm, play badly or something like that and we're just gonna uh poke some fun at them today so allison who is your king of the north well for me it was a choice between scotty barnes and grady dick grady basically showed out like really really well in that game against philly but i had to go with scotty um and just with the caveat that we're only five games in career high in field goal percentage three-point attempts three-point makes rebounds assists blocks and points so scotty king of the north do we have unanimity okay we do we do <laughs> but i think that was really predictable based on my comments yeah but yeah, yeah. like absolutely he's been outstanding mm-hmm and what for you is your joker of the week okay joker of the week is the raptors medical staff for their questionable management of precious achua's groin injury and this kind of reminds me of how boston well managed... you are calling someone out right now yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of how boston managed robert williams um knee injury back i want to say two years ago uh he had arthroscopic surgery um just before the playoff started they said he'd be out for four weeks and he's not been right since and i see now he's traded to portland and he's out with this knee i don't even know how he passed the physical so this groin injury this is like a pernicious lingering injury and i mean maybe he sustained a second injury or maybe he told them it didn't hurt but you have to have conservative management with this sort of injury i've had a groin injury it wasn't anything glamorous it was shower related but it's these are bad injuries and it's just a shame to see him two years in a row with a significant injury and it's going to impair his development so yeah that was who i went with yeah okay uh 
just like okay you got it <laughs> um all right well uh i mean i had i had two i had one funny do you want to hear my funny one and then i can tell you my of story. course of course well you know this is this is a long time thing that scotty barnes does but when he's really out on the breakaway and he's all by himself oh yeah yes. he just waits for people to catch up with him and stares them down before he dunks and I love it. And he's been called out. It's like, don't do that. That's so immature. Oh, you don't do that. You have it coming to it. And he does not care. And he does it anyway. And I love it. So congratulations to Scotty for doing that again. I actually thought the whistle went the other day when he stopped. That's, <laughs> it was so deliberate. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, so good. Um, I, I kind of hope he never stops that. But, and then uh, the other thing, and I'm just not entirely sure who I'm going to call out. It might be Messiah. It might be Bobby. I don't understand why Malachi Flynn is still on this team. And I don't understand why other point guards that have been with us in training camps haven't gotten the green light to see if they can develop. Um, I just, I just don't. I.E. Justin Champagne. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Like, I I just don't, I just don't understand what, what it's going to take to move on. Like, I think it's time to move on. Anyway, yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, but Ugh. anyway, I like like we we've been what are we year four? Year four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Year four, and we've been saying for a while like maybe it'll grow or maybe it'll get better or maybe there's something that we that they see in practice that we don't see on the court or something. But I just don't. I don't get it. Like he he just doesn't run the offense. And I think that's his role as a point guard. I mean, sure, the shooting is there at times, um, but primarily his job as point guard is to organize the offense. And I just don't see that happening. So totally. All right. Um, okay, hold on a second. Let me just bring my theme song. Okay, we're gonna change the subject. Ready? Are you ready to yep. change the Yep. Okay. Who is this song about? Do you know it? I don't know. Okay. That's <laughs> too bad you don't know it. I hope our listeners do. The song is called Toxic. Now do you know who it's about? Uh oh, could it be uh a newly acquired Los Angeles Clipper? Could it be? <laughs> yes. Yes, it could be. Maybe, just maybe. It's James Harden. <laughs> so Sarah, before we go any further, would you care to uh give us your best guess as to when he's gonna be demanding a trade out of um Los Angeles oh off the lake off the Clippers? Ooh. I'm gonna give it a year. A year. It's, it, it's been about a year, right? In Brooklyn, then in Philly, right? Yeah. Give yeah. or take. So I think next year around this time. Okay. Um, so interestingly enough, think, I love it. I love where you're going with it. It's, it's definitely um, on par for him. I kind of don't think he's going to make a trade request, but I also think that it's all going to fall apart. In Oh, clearly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But for some reason, even though it seems to all be falling apart over there, the players seem to stay. So I think he'll just, want to hang out in LA and that's what's going to happen. And then he won't make a trade request, but I also, I also don't see him being a, a positive contribution to that team's locker room. 
Because, like, the thing is, I said in our intro that, you know, what do we do on this podcast? We make fun of James Harden, but we also make fun of the Brooklyn Nets, or we did when it was Kyrie and Harden and <laughs> Durant together, because that was so fun. But we also always make fun of the Clippers. Huh. And now Harden and the Clippers are on the same team. <laughs> so it's like, oh, we've got these two messes just hanging out together. It was very interesting to see Terrence man Terrence Mann's face um, when uh, James Harden came into the locker room because it was certainly not a welcoming face. And I'm sure he must have been looking at Harden thinking, well, there goes my touches down by about 90 percent. So I and I, I don't know, I, I can't pull up any stats quick on James Harden, but I'm certainly never been impressed. I would I would say that he is a playoff choker. He um I, I don't think his body of work in the playoffs um like is he a Hall of Famer? I, I, certainly not by looking at what he's accomplished in the playoffs. I wouldn't think so. I mean certainly he has tremendous individual numbers through the season, but when it comes to clutch time in the playoffs, he certainly wasn't impressive in Philadelphia last year. Um yeah so i i don't know i wonder how i wonder how all that's going to work yeah i i don't know i don't i don't see it working i mean generally if i talk about pessimistic pessimism i'm always pessimistic about wherever he is so (laughs) and like okay like philly philly is on the up and up just because he's gone Mm-hmm. they've like, got to be breathing a sigh of relief in the biggest way and like Tyrese Maxey is so good he's so good and you know just having him in a I don't think he's a natural point guard necessarily but having him in a position of you know a lot having the opportunity to hold the ball a lot um ugh, so- yeah side note to our listeners even though I didn't want you know obviously cheering for the Raptors Tyrese Maxey is electrifying to watch. He's just graceful and skilled, and it was was a joy to watch him play. Yeah. I I feel like every time he plays against the Raptors, it's like he's just auditioning or, like, trying out for a job, right? Because he's like, I'm going to have a career high against the Raptors every single time I play them. Besides, give me a job (laughs) or something like that. Like, it's just... He's going to get paid. I wonder where he is with his contract, but he is going to get paid huge. But just to go back to Harden for a minute, who do you think demands a trade first, Kyrie or James Harden? Um, Trade sweepstakes. I think it's going to be Kyrie only because he didn't, he's not the most recent, like, like James Harden's trade is five days old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Granted. Yeah. I think within the year, one of them is going to ask to get out. I could see that. Or like Luca, Luca's going to be like, get me out of here. I can't. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, that's the whole thing. Um, Allison, is, are there any other uh, NBA villains that you want to highlight this year? Oh, yes. Or, you're like, okay, follow us this year for villain stories. Okay, who's it going to be? <laughs> so I was super surprised at the reception that Pat Bev got at Scotiabank Arena. I fully expected him to be booed. And um, I'm sure you're aware of the backstory, Sarah, where if in case any of our listeners are not aware, uh, Pat Bev was on his own podcast and commented that 
something to the effect that he wasn't concerned about playing um, against Toronto because they have no dogs and us, um, OG and Pascal don't have any dog in them. And if further, if he met them in a dark alley, he wouldn't be afraid of them. Well, one place I don't think Pascal and OG would be would be a dark alley. So, uh, and I did discover a very, right. <laughs> very, very funny man. Um, he's got a YouTube channel and he's um, he's NBA Chev, like C-H-E-V. And he went on a 30 minute, very profane, which I enjoy greatly, tirade about Pat Bev and called him a pound puppy. It was, if, if anyone has a half hour of time and they want to listen to a whole lot of profanity, this guy's great. But Pat Bev is clearly a villain for shoving Chris Paul in the back after being eliminated um, <laughs> so by the Clippers. I forget that was about five years ago. That was just a, I don't want to say what kind of move it well, was. Our Allison does not forget, nor does she ever forget. No. This is great. Like, just tune in if you are interested in this sort of a. Uh... Go for it, Allison. It was a move. It was a move. It's it rhymes with itch. Um, Caleb Martin just he makes the list just for his cheap shot on Scotty. I think in Scotty's rookie year, Scotty was going in for um, a drive to the rim, and Caleb Martin pushed him in the back and when he was in the air. So somehow that never got called a flagrant, and somehow I never forgot that. And Draymond Green definitely makes the list more, not quite for his shooting accuracy, but for his accuracy with his closed fist finding the genitals of opposing players. So yeah, he would have to make the list. Uh, or, Grayson, or, Grayson don't Allen. Don't Don't forget that he's also punched his own teammate. That's true. Yes, that's yeah. true. That was yeah. more of a slap, was it? Oh no, it was a punch. I saw it. Punch. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, uh, Grayson Allen. Um, he is Hall of Fame villain, champion of the slew foot. Uh, the dirty shots on screens, um, shoving opposing players when they're in the air, and. His most infamous cheap shot uh, against Alex Caruso, resulting in a um, season-ending injury to Alex Caruso, and had the nerve to appear the next day on social media with a smirk on his face and a donut in his hand on Milwaukee Bucks social media. So, yeah. And then uh, Marcus Morris, uh, there were a few classics, um, literally slamming a ball um, on a player's head um, in the preseason a few years back and for going after Luca's injured ankle in the playoffs. And then honorable mention to always classy Gordon Dragic. Um, he wrote the book pretty much on cheap shots and dirty moves. Um and actually, happily, the Raptors fans uh, never really got a chance to watch Gordon at work. Um, and now his higher ambitions have taken him. Uh, where is it? They've taken him. Oh, right. Out of the league. So he's actually no longer in the league. So, yeah, that's my top five with honorable mention uh, to Goran Dragic. Wow. So how about you? Did, did, did I forget anyone in my pettiness? Uh, did you forget anybody? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I might've just gone like a slightly different, different route in terms of like, Oh, here's everyone that's ever done a cheap shot to any player ever, which I appreciate that you track that. I think that's just, that yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's, I don't even know if he's like worthy of villain status because like, he's kind of irrelevant, but I always, do like to just think that Ben Simmons is just not not what anyone wanted him to be or thought that he could be so haha 
That's oh funny. yeah. You went with villain, like, yes, a different kind of villain. I went with dirty. Yes. I know. I know you did. That's fine. Yeah. So I'm going to just throw Ben Simmons on my list. And, um, you know, I don't actually think of him as a villain because I really like him, but I really, more than any other player in the whole league, the player I hate playing the most in clutch time is Jimmy Butler. I hate it. I hate it. He's so good in clutch and he'll always win. Ugh. So that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, I think age is starting to catch up to him a little bit, but yeah, he seems to have a whole new gear Yeah, in, in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so good. Um, but no, I, I actually very much admire that. So uh, I don't really know if that qualifies as villain, but he's, he's still there. Yeah. It's pretty subjective. We'll go with that. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So what do we have coming up this week for the Raptors? We have <clears throat> next 10 games at Philadelphia. Redemption. We'll see. Um, at the San Antonio Spurs, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of Raptors fans are looking forward to seeing Wemby in action. If you haven't already caught a game with him, you definitely need to. Um, then we're at Dallas. We're at Boston. So we're on a four-game road trip against some pretty good teams. Allison, what are your predictions for this road trip? What's our record going to be? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hmm. How about one and three? I think that. I, I like that. I feel like that's cautiously optimistic and also appropriately. Yeah, I'll go one and three. Well, who do you think we'll win against? Philly, San Antonio, Dallas, or Boston? <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to pick the win there. I. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe San Antonio. I, I don't know. Who do you think? Well, nobody thought we were going to beat Milwaukee today. You made exactly. that bet, you're probably retired. So, um, and if they did, I want the receipts because I want proof that they because anyone can say that in hindsight, right? That well, yeah, oh, but, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I mean. If you made the bet, like if you actually made, yeah, the bet, then yeah, you probably won a lot of money on that one because what that's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe they'll win against Philly just because they just lost against Philly, so maybe they learned something, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that i don't know it's gonna be rough if they went well, 04 i wouldn't be surprised well more how it looks then uh, as long as it doesn't look like it looked against portland like i'm gonna be a little bit happier with that, so that you're was... gonna settle for moral victories this season what? Huh. i just i want to see progress yeah um more than I, sure let's get a w but like, it can't look like it looked against portland that was awful. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. I think uh, uh, <laughs> generally the season is going to have a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And uh, what I'm hopeful for is that we see a lot more ball movement. Honestly, if that's the only change from last season, I'll be happy. I'd like the games to be a little bit more fun. My expectations are please be more fun. Is that an expectation or a request? I don't know. Maybe it's a plea, but that's what I'm hoping happens this year. Well, remember last at the end of last year, Sarah, you saying like, man, I don't want to cover this team again next year. The same team. I yeah. Don't yeah. No, no, no. That's what I meant. Yeah. That was, it was pretty difficult at the end there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So all I just want to see is month over month improvement. So if we go, um, obviously in the month we were one in three, one and three in the month of October. So if we can, if we're 500 for the month of November and then like a gradual improvement, that's what I want. 
All right. Well, I, I I don't think we'll be 500, but let's see. Let's see. Let's check in. We will check in at December, uh, at the end of the Christmas break. We'll see where we're at, and uh, then we'll we'll talk more. But we'll record again before that, in case anyone. Yeah. Knows. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in for our uh, first episode of the season. It's so great to have all of you back. Um, thanks for listening. And if you, uh, you know, tell your friends about our podcast, you can like it, you can rate it, you can leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, spread the word. Well, women in media still very, very important, especially sports media, because there are just not that many uh, women covering sports. So keep spreading the word, keep supporting us. And uh, we love having you here. And until next time, stay Raptors fans. Yes, go Raptors go. Bye. Bye.